It's, uh, it's brilliant to be all together this morning. I don't know how about you guys, but I think it's, uh, it's really exciting to, to have um, the three kind of different centers represented with Bob, Mintz, and Austell, Liscard all together in one place, praising God with a joint purpose, knowing that we're family together on mission, that we're family together with a purpose as, as light and life um, here in, in East Cornwall. And one of the great things um, about family um, is that family shares a culture, doesn't it? Um, family shares values. Um, family has a kind of a, a common identity um, with one another. You, you can always tell a family, not just because of their, kind of the physical ways in which they might resemble one another, but they have similar ways in which they act and, and similar ways in which they treat one another and treat people. And you know, as, as family together in Light and Life, we have a, a shared um, culture and a shared DNA. It's our family DNA. Um, which is a slide that will hopefully go up there and we'll move along. But you know, over the last few weeks in St. Austin, we've been talking about our family DNA as light and life. Um, and light and life's core values, the things that we share together, the things which set us apart and the things which unite us um, with one another. And the starting point for our values as light and life is that we believe that God is love. And so our highest value is to love. And we break that down into three different things, to love God, to love his church, and to love his world. And, and we unpack those things and explain those things um, with different examples of the ways in which we can love God, ways that we can love his church, and ways that we can love his world. And if you want to find out more about that, you can, you can go onto your church website, or if you're really, really eager, our notice boards at the back there have them all up. So uh, if I see a crowd around there, I'll know you're eager. So go and find out about the values and what it is that sets us apart and who it is that we are as light and life, the things that we share in common. So this morning, I want to talk about one aspect of our DNA that we share in common together across light and life. But before I do, I wonder if you can guess what these people have in common who are going to come up on the screen now. So we've got Albert Einstein, Steven Spielberg, Elvis Presley, Merrill Street, and Winston Churchill, an odd bunch of people to throw together. Can anyone guess what it is that they have in common? Just shout it out if you can think of something. They're all dyslexic. Not that I know of, but... <laughs> Any other ideas? <laughs> Improvements on dyslexic. Success, yeah. And they all became famous, so success, fame, we, we know who they are, yeah, they're big names, absolutely. All of these people are publicly recognized because of their success, because of their fame, they're publicly recognized as people who are exceptional in their field, aren't they? Whether it be as in science with Albert Einstein, whether it's a, as a leader with Winston Churchill or with film or with music, they're people who are gifted and are kind of exceptional in their field. And just they're uniquely gifted people. I wonder, just put up your hand if you would kind of count yourself like them as uniquely gifted. Okay, one, two, we've got two, three, okay, a couple of vulgar hands. So we've got maybe four or five people putting hands up, uniquely gifted, would put your names alongside Albert Einstein, Elvis Presley, Winston Churchill. Fantastic, brilliant, I love it, that's great. You know, because these are all exceptional people, it can be hard to relate to them, can't it? We see them as these people who are put on this pedestal as so far above and beyond anyone else. But you know, there's... Something else that all of these people have in common, which might not be so obvious, but might be an awful lot easier to relate to. All of these people at some point in their lives were written off as failures. All of these people were written off as good for nothing, as people who lacked talent, lacked gifting, and would never amount 
to anything. You know, people worried that Albert Einstein was mentally handicapped. He didn't speak until he was four, and he didn't read until he was seven. Um, Steven Spielberg was um, turned down from attending film school three times because he lacked the talent. Meryl Streep, when she went for her first role and was auditioning for her first role in a film, was told by a director that she was too ugly to ever be an actress. Elvis Presley, when he tried to get his first record label, um, he went in there and the, the, the producer there told him that he was going nowhere in the music industry and he should go back to driving a truck. And Winston Churchill was such a disappointment to his parents that they mostly ignored him as a child. He did poorly in school. He had a stutter and a lisp. All of these people were written off as failures, people who would amount to nothing, even though now we would look at them as people who were hugely gifted, talented, successful. And I don't know how you see yourself. I don't know how, whether you, how people have treated you and the way people have kind of said things to you. Whether you see yourself as, as this great gifted person. Four or five of you do, maybe. Or whether you see yourself as a failure, or whether you see yourself as just kind of Mr. Average. What I do know, though, is what, how God sees you as a follower of Jesus. And why don't we read together 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11. It should pop up, but you can, so you can follow along on the screen, but look it up as well if you'd like to. So this is what Peter writes. He says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. You know, the truth is that no matter how you might see yourself or how you might feel, that you are uniquely gifted. That as a follower of Jesus, God has given you a great gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. You are uniquely gifted and talented. Now, so if we can have the next slide up, you can see that one of our values as light and life under how we love his church, part of our DNA is that um, we believe that each and every person is gifted to serve. You know, and, we, and we explain that and unpack that by saying that one of the ways that we um, love God's church is by empowering every believer in their God-given gifts for the benefit of the whole body. Now, God has given each one of you a gift. You are uniquely gifted. You are uniquely valuable. So if I ask you that same question again, you might not feel like it. You might not know what your gift is. But would you consider yourself uniquely gifted? Just put your hand up for a moment. Reality is all of you are. Every single one of you is of great value and uniquely gifted. Your name goes up alongside Albert Einstein and Winston Churchill because you have been gifted from God's great variety of spiritual gifts. You know, it might be that you don't feel very gifted. And you're not aware that actually you have any gifts. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, what's my gift? What's my talent? You might be thinking, well, okay. That's what it says in, in the Bible. So I, I guess I know it, it must be true, but I, but I don't see it. 
it's a nice idea. It makes me feel a little bit special, but, you know, where, what's my talent really? I don't feel like I've got any gifts. It might be that you're already aware of, of some gifts, maybe one or two gifts that you have. But you still don't feel like it's, a, it's an awful lot. But you know, I am confident that, that God's promise to each and every one of us is that we are uniquely gifted. And not only does he just want to give us one or two gifts, but as we show ourselves to be faithful with the gifts that he has given us, that he wants to give us more and more and more. And there are new gifts for each and every single one of us in this room to discover and to step into that God has for each and every one of us. Now, and it's important, though, if we, we want to discover what those new gifts are, and what the opportunities that are that are out there for us to use those gifts, um, that we, we give ourselves some time to, to discover what those gifts are. And I think there's um, probably three different ways that we can tr- go about trying to discover what the gifts are that God um, might have for us, whether they be natural abilities that we have as people, or whether they be supernatural gifts um, that God wants to, to give us through his Holy Spirit. The first way that I think we can discover it is through revelation. It's through God speaking directly to you and revealing to you something of his plan and purpose for your life and the gifts that he's going to give you in order to fulfill that plan and purpose. You know, and I think that God always gives gifts for a purpose. Do you believe that? Every time you have given a gift, it's for a reason. It's for a purpose. And it pretty much whenever he speaks to us directly about it, whenever, my experience is that it always starts with a purpose. And then I sit there thinking, really? I can't do that. And the gift thing comes later. You know, but God always begins with a plan and the purpose that he has for you in your life. And, and the, the, the gift thing comes later. But when God speaks to us, it's like a, um, a lightning flash, isn't it? It's a light bulb, a ha- moment. It's instantaneous. And we feel God speak and suddenly things come into perspective. We know, well, that's what it is that God's calling me to do. So I can trust him that he will give me um, the gifts to do it. But that's not a very normal way. I've had maybe experience God kind of speak to me in a direct way once or twice, but it's not the, the kind of a common way in which I've discovered what it is that God uh, might have for me and the giftings that God's given me. So that's the first way. Let's move on, though, to, to number two. The second way, then, that people often discover their gifts, which I think is much more common and more normal, is through consultation. It's through realizing that, actually, we don't know ourselves always that well. And we have blind spots to, to who we are. And, um, and things. And so we need people's help to discover our gifting. We need people's help to discover our strengths and to discover our weaknesses. And so we can ask people or we can kind of uh, use tools like questionnaires, that kind of strength-finding questionnaires to discover what are our natural strengths, what are the giftings that we already have that God has, has given us, the things that we're already good at. And it might be, actually, that it's things that we do really naturally. Some of you are real natural encouragers. And you you just love and naturally to come alongside people and encourage them and to tell them, you know, uh, to kind of stir them up and to tell them what it is that they're good at. And you're really great at identifying other people's gifts and encouraging them. Some of you are great at hospitality and caring for people and making people feel welcome. Some of you are just naturally see things, see practical jobs that need to be done and just muck in and, and do it and get it done, you know. And you might think to yourself, well, that's just normal. That's just me. That's just who I am. And surely everybody is able to do that. And everybody is, is, is like that. But actually, it's a particular gift that God has given you. It's part of your unique gifting that God has given you. And he wants you to make the most of it and to nurture it and to grow in it. Equally, it might be that you wholeheartedly believe that God has gifted you to play the bagpipes. 
And you need someone to come alongside you and to talk to you and to say, I'm not so sure. Really? Is that a good idea? Do we actually want the bagpipes up here? Maybe. You know, we've all seen though those cringeworthy moments, haven't we? If you think back to um, the early stages, the auditions, right at the beginning of, of Britain's Got Talent and X Factor. And they only ever feature two types of people, don't they? They feature those who are fantastic and really, really great, and those who are awful and really, really, really dire. And, but it doesn't kind of matter which one it is. Generally, you will find that if it's a, it's a child there, the parent is there saying, my child is the best in the world. They're so fantastic at singing. They're so fantastic at acting or doing comedy routines. Or you'll have this older person there just convinced that they are the best person in the world. And then they step on stage and it is awful. You, you just cringe inside a wish that they'd never gone there. You know, the reality is we need consultation to protect ourselves as well. To protect ourselves from our blind spots, not only from being blind to our own strengths, but blind to our weaknesses. We need people to come alongside us. You know, those kind of people who, who step in that place, they didn't need someone to encourage them and to say, yeah, keep going, you're really good at that, you should keep singing, you should keep acting. They needed someone who was going to be honest with them and to tell them, actually, that's probably not your gifting. Let's encourage you towards finding something else that you can do, something else that you might be gifted at. So, you know, God has joined us together as part of a family, as part of a community. And one of the reasons is so that we can help one another discover what our giftings are, encourage one another in our giftings, and, and release one another in our giftings. You know, and it, it might be, be a really good thing for you to go and ask someone, if you're not sure what your gifts are, someone who knows you well, someone who you know is for you and loves you, but will also be honest with you. What are my giftings? What are the areas which, um, where God can use me and work through me and help me to discern what they, they might be? So, first one is revelation. The second more common one is consultation. And then the last way that I, I think that people often discover what their gifts are is through experimentation. It's simply having a go. Getting stuck in and seeing what happens. You know, the quickest way you'll discover what you're good at and what you're gifted at and what God is enabling you for is by having a go. And the surefire way of never discovering it is by doing nothing. Now, when we get stuck in and we try things out, when we look for opportunities to, uh, to get involved, when we just see something, we put our name down and say, well, let's see what happens. And when we do that, we discover for ourselves what our gifts are. We give God opportunity to give us new gifts that we might not have had before. And we also create opportunities and space for the people around us who we want to help us through consultation to see the gifts that are already there. Because if we start doing nothing, they've got nothing to see. So the most common way and the best way that you can discover what your giftings are and what it is that God has for you is through experimentation, through just having a go. The amazing thing is, though, that you know we've got such a great number of people here, and each and every one of you has a unique variety of gifts. Not one of you is the same as, as anybody else. And, you know, one of the biggest dangers, I think, sometimes in being part of a community, um, I don't know how you, what your guys' experiences of community, most of my community has either been school, it's been church, or it's been music, and it's been bands and, and groups together in terms of that. But it, you might have your own communities, sports teams or, or work colleagues or, or whatever else. You know, but whatever community you are in, I found that it's the natural tendency of human beings to compare themselves to the other people they're in a community with. And you almost instinctively, without even really meaning to, can ask yourself, well, where do I rank? 
How do, how do I compare? How valued and needed am I in this community? What's my place here? And we might think that there are people who are already really, really gifted at doing things. And so we don't put our name down for things. And we don't just try and, and do different stuff. Because we're worried, one, that we might step on someone else's toes. Or we're, we're worried that actually we won't be able to match up to the standard that they've set. Or we're worried that we'll let people down. Now, what Peter says in the verses that we read that each and every single one of us, no matter how you might feel, has been gifted by God. And we're to use those gifts well. You know, I love Paul's language when he talks about this topic in 1 Corinthians 12, and he uses the, the illustration of the body. You know, and our bodies are pretty important, aren't they? Yeah? I don't know about you guys. My, I like my body to be fully functioning. When, when my body stops fully functioning, I have a problem. Yeah, and I guess you guys would have a problem too if something stops working. You know, how many of you know that even though you can't see your liver, if it stops working, you're very quickly going to be affected. And it's going to hinder you and stop you being able to do everything that you could do otherwise. You know, in the same way, as a church, we're like a body. And we need to be active as a body is active. And we've got a God-given purpose as a body that we need to give our energy to. And to fulfill that purpose, we need every single different part of the body to be functioning fully. And you might look around and think there are other people doing these different jobs or there are other people who are more gifted than me, but actually God has given you a specific and unique gifting. And he has placed you within a church with specific needs, wherever it might be. And he has brought you together for a very specific purpose. You're not in your church accidentally. You're not in Liscard or Bodmin or here in St. Austell accidentally. God has brought you together with a unique gifting to help a church with specific needs fulfill a specific purpose. And you need to know that no matter how you might feel then, because of that truth, you are of incredible value. No one else can fulfill your role in this body. You are uniquely gifted and uniquely placed to fulfill God's unique purpose for you. It might be that you've got a gift which is prominent and that everybody can see. And so it's, it's easy. You might be gifted with music and you stand up here in the band or you might be gifted at hospitality and so you help with a catering team and, and everybody sees you. And, and so it's, it's obvious. It's a prominent kind of gift. But equally, you might have a gift which is hidden and rarely seen. A gift to intercede for people in prayer. Nobody knows it goes on. It happens behind closed doors when you're on your own. Or a gift for administration and dealing with paperwork. And you know, going with a food bank and picking out all of the different vouchers and filling them all in and inputting them to a computer, sat on your own in an office. You know, whatever it might be, it doesn't matter. Because each one of those roles, each one of those giftings is just as important and just as significant to enable the body to fulfill its full function. You know, we all know that if we, it doesn't matter if we lose an arm or if we lose a single tiny ligament within that arm, the arm stops working. It doesn't matter if it's the, you know, if the, if the arm decides, I'm not going to do anything, so I'm here, I'm attached, but I'm just not going to do anything. It goes all floppy and limp. It might still be there, 
where suddenly the rest of the body has got to try and struggle to make up for, for what that arm should be doing or what that ligament should be doing to enable the arm to move. And actually, sometimes it's not just a struggle. It becomes impossible. And the body can't do what it is that it was intended for. You know, and in exactly the same way, you were uniquely gifted and part of this body of Christ. And God has given you a unique place and a unique purpose. And no one else can be you. You might look around and say, well, they're gifted and they can do that. But they're not you. They don't have your gifting. And they're not in your situation. You are uniquely valuable. And you need to know that when you're missing from the body, or when you're around but you're just filling a seat rather than fulfilling your role, not just on a Sunday but through the whole week, we miss out. We miss out as a church. And we become limited in what we can achieve. Because you're not here by accident. God has uniquely gifted you and placed you in this place for a purpose. And you might feel ill-equipped. You might feel that you don't have a lot to offer. But the truth is that God has given you amazing gifts. And as you step out, those gifts will come to the fore. And as a church, we want to benefit from those gifts. But also we want to encourage you and build you up and see you develop and flourish and be able to enjoy the fulfilling life that God wants for you and he has for you. You know, sometimes when we, we talk about gifting and, and how God has gifts for us in a specific place for us that's, that's unique and just for us, we can get caught up in trying to, to find this perfect spot and say, well, I'm not going to do anything at all until I find this perfect place where I fit, this little bit where my jigsaw piece fits in. And when I do that, I, I, that'll be great. But until then, I'm going to do nothing. I just want to keep myself available till that comes along. But why don't we have a look at Jesus? We're going to watch a little video, um, Most Gifted Man That Ever Lived, and just see how he handled himself. Why don't we watch this together? It was now the day before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. He had always loved those in the world who were his own, and he loved them to the very end. Jesus and his disciples were at supper. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, the thought of betraying Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him complete power. He knew that he had come from God and was going to God. So he rose from the table, took off his outer garment, and tied a towel round his waist. Then he poured some water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist.
he came to Simon Peter. Are you going to wash my feet, Lord? You do not understand now what I am doing, but you will understand later. Never at any time will you wash my feet. If I do not wash your feet, you will no longer be my disciple. Do not wash only my feet, then. Wash my hands and head, too. <laughs> Those who have taken a bath are completely clean and do not need to wash themselves, except for their feet. All of you are clean. All except one. Jesus already knew who was going to betray him. That is why he said, all of you except one are clean. After Jesus had washed their feet, he put his outer garment back on and returned to his place at the table. Do you understand what I've just done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And it is right that you should do so because that is what I am. I, your Lord and teacher, have just washed your feet. You then should wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you. So that you will do just what I have done for you. I am telling you the truth. No slaves are greater than their master, and no messengers are greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know this truth, how happy you will be if you put it into practice. Jesus is the most gifted man that ever lived. He's within this community that is eating together where he is Lord and teacher. Everything about the setting that Jesus is in should mean that he is the focus of everybody's attention. That everybody is looking to meet his needs and to serve him and to look after him and make sure he's got everything that he wants. And yet even though Jesus doesn't shy away from the fact that he is Lord and teacher... He doesn't shy away from what his, his real gifting is and his call and his purpose is. He says, I came not to be served, but to serve. And he gets down and washes the disciples' feet. And he says, you should do likewise. Now, I find it hard to imagine that foot washing was Jesus' primary gifting. You. He was just waiting for an opportunity to be able to wash feet. You know, instead, the example that Jesus gives us is that we recognize the gifts that God's given us. And we look for the purpose, big purpose that God has for us and we operate in our gifting to fulfill that purpose. But actually, alongside that, we keep our eyes open to the immediate needs to the needs that are there in front of us. To the needs of the people around us. And we ask ourselves, how can I serve to meet those needs? It might be that it's dirty feet. 
might be that it's things which you wouldn't particularly choose to do or want to do. It might be things that you think are below you. It might be things way outside of what your gifting is. But you say to yourself, I, I'm here not to be served, but to serve. God has given each one of you specific gifts. And my, my desire is that you would discover those gifts, that you would grow in those gifts, that you would develop those gifts, you'd nurture them, that you'd be able to exercise them, and that we would be blessed as a church because of that, and you would be blessed through the doing of it. And I know that as that happens, you know, light and life across Liscard, Bodminson, Austell, as a whole together, you know, we will flourish and we will see God's purposes accomplished as we grow in our gifting. But more than any of that, I believe that God's heart is that we don't lose sight of what it is that he actually calls us to. To be a people who follow Jesus' example and say that we are here to be, uh, not to be served, but to serve. That we look out for the needs of the people around us. We look out to the needs of the church that we are part of and we ask ourselves, how can I meet those needs? How can I give myself of both in my, my gifting and my ability, but also in my lack of gifting and my lack of ability? knowing that God calls me to serve and just to give who I am. You know, one of the great things that I, I love about being part of the church here in St. Austell, and actually though, when I've, I've been to the different churches across Light and Life, I've seen it everywhere that I've been, um, is that we are blessed with an amazing number of people who catch hold of the fact that we are gifted to serve, who are fantastic servant hearts. You know, when I was preparing for today, I was, I was thinking through and I was struck actually by the number of different people. And as I thought about it, pretty much nearly every single person I could think of is serving in one way or another in, in this church. That's incredible. Now, I remember when I was, um, uh, I remember hearing statistics in the past in terms of the percentage of people who are serving. And you know, nearly every person I could think of is serving in one way or another in this church. And so I, I was trying to think, well, well, how do we honor you in that? Should we get everybody to stand up? And I was like, well, no, then everybody's going to be stood up. You know, so, so what should we do to, to just to honor and to thank you and to say fantastic and well done for carrying that heart? And so I, I thought it'd just be great. I want to say thank you and for, just want to encourage you to, to look around to look at the people around and just to give a round of applause and to look at the people around you knowing that actually you are clapping each and every person who is sat around here for what it is that they give of themselves into this church. It might be in an official role or it might just be in unofficial ways in the background, but each and every person gives and brings something of themselves. So why don't we just give everybody a clap and just say thank you for the servants you are. And, and before we, we finish, we, you know, we're, we're blessed with servant-hearted people within Light and Life, and I thought it would be great to hear something um, of some of those servant-hearted people's stories. So um, I asked Duncan and Jenny if they would just come up and share something of their experience of how they discovered their giftings and the opportunities they've had to, to serve. So if you guys want to come up, that'd be fantastic. We didn't feel we had any particular gifts to give um, when God called us to Africa with our family when we were little. But uh, God revealed those gifts to us while we were there. And uh, you'll hear a little bit about what happened. Morning. Um, yeah, this is a bit going back a little way now, but it was just one of our particular journeys of faith where um, God showed up for us. 
there's, it's back in 1997. Uh, I'll read this because it's, it's easier than trying to remember it. Um, back in 1997, we were in a bit of a rut. Uh, life was quite mundane um, and we were looking for a new challenge in our faith and church life. Uh, we prayed that God would give us a direction. The following week, I saw an advertisement in our church newsletter. Uh, it was for um, volunteers for a WEC missionary school in uh, the Ivory Coast in West Africa. The positions were for a, a school nurse and a maintenance man. And it was for two years. This was this was really encouraging because we it was a bit of a light bulb moment. We we thought uh, this could be God's answer to our prayer, so we started praying specifically regarding this advert. Uh, and we spoke to the WEC representative in our church, and uh, basically God started opening the way up. Um, um, the the doors doors were opening and and God was was blessing us. Uh, there was a a girl in the church who we, who we didn't know very well. Uh, she came up to us and she offered to pay for the airfare for the whole family. And there, there were five of us, so that was an amazing uh, amazing gift. Uh, we things started to happen. We um, put our furniture in the storage, we got rid of our car, uh, we took two of our children out of school and we went to WEC headquarters to do two months preparation. Uh, God took care of every detail along the way. Um, we had prayers and prophecies. Just before we left, we were approached by the WEC reps and they said that... Um, They'd like us to consider taking on the role of house parents for the senior dorm. Well, this was the one. This, this was the big one. Because um, I can do maintenance. Jenny's a good nurse. But I could only, our kids were little. I could only remember when I was a teenager. And um, that was scary, really. Um, so the... It involved looking after 17 teenagers between the ages of 13 and 18. Um, we were not prepared for this and found the request quite daunting. Um, but basically, as Pete was sharing, um, it's nothing of ourselves, but we wanted to go to serve God. We wanted our faith to grow, and this was the one. So that we... We said, yeah, we'll, we'll do it, see what happens. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen, really? And um, God, was, God was with us. We felt his, he was blessing us. And um, so that was it. We, we set off. Um, we were both praying for verses. We were praying for further confirmation. And God gave Jenny uh, a particular verse, which really was our calling verse that we stood on throughout our time there. And uh, I'll hand over to Jenny to, to share that. Okay, so the verse that God gave me was Hebrews 10, verses 35 to 39. And it says, Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere 
so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. And I just felt that was God's promise to us that we need to just put our faith in him and go and he would go with us and that we would fulfill the role he had for us to do um, in, in our work in, in Africa with the school and that we didn't shrink back, but we went ahead um, knowing that we were in his will and he would go with us and give us that faith. So that was the verse that I had and we had to rely on that verse quite a lot. <laughs> in the time that we were there. After we arrived and settled in, life soon became quite challenging. The leader of the school and other house parents wanted our children to board with, with the other children. Our children wanted to stay with us and we wanted to remain as a family. So that did not go down very well. We also had quite a lot of resistance and antagonism from the long-term missionaries at the school. We had many difficult discussions and confrontations with them. And they were quite hostile towards us. But this is where God came in. We stood on the scriptures and promises God had given us. We cried out to him. We knew that God had sent us. We knew that we had fulfilled a purpose and that he was standing with us. And our faith and relationship with our father became stronger and closer. We had other challenges. One of the girls in the senior dorm soon after we arrived... Uh, was suicidal and had been depressed with some mental health issues. This became apparent soon after we arrived and we had to search for her in the undergrowth outside the compound and rescue her from self-harm. We also had a few accidents. Our middle daughter cut her ear and ripped her mouth open on a roller blade. I fell out of a top bunk bed onto a concrete floor and knocked my front teeth out. Um, and had to take time out traveling to a private hospital, which was seven hours' drive away. These things tested our faith, but made us rely on God more. Um, So they were difficult times, and although they were very good times as well, I don't want to paint a bad picture, but God protected us and was with us all the time. Um, Psalm 91, we had at our side all the time. We knew of the fear of in Ivory Coast that is probably one of the worst countries in the, in the world for snakes, spiders, scorpions, and malaria. Um, and one day we were aware of a commotion in the chicken coop. Duncan ran out and killed a spitting cobra with a machete. Hooray! It could have bitten or blinded any one of us or the children in the school. We were bitten a few times by mosquitoes but never caught malaria. Looking back on our trip, we are so glad that we took the step to go in response to God's calling. We asked God for a challenge, and he certainly gave us one. We knew he had a purpose for us to fulfill for him in our lives. We counted it an absolute privilege to be in God's will. Although we had difficult times as well as good times, God strengthened us, empowered us, answered our prayers. He never left us and brought us closer to him. So in all that, you know, we, we felt we weren't gifted. We felt, all right, we're a nurse, we can do that. We're a maintenance man, Chippy, he can do that. And we were used in those gifts, um, 
quite a few times. Duncan had a lovely relationship with the African workers. He did lots of work in the school and built things in the school. I had a few challenges treating malaria for some of the kids and, and uh, helpers. Um, I, I was sewing up wounds from machetes, and one of the lads in the, in the um, dorm, the first week we were there, jumped off a trampette and slashed his hand open on an overhead fan. I had to sew that up. Never done things like that before, but I had to pull teeth out. There were all sorts of different things I did. But, you know, God gave me the, the skill to do it, and um, they're still all right now, I think, <laughs> those people. But, you know, you, you don't know what God's got in store for you, and you've got to say, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for you. I'm going to really just step out there. And he is so amazing. He answered so many of our prayers. And, you know, the staff out there did have to repent, and they were sorry for their attitude towards us. And I think they did really did appreciate us in the end. And the kids in the dorm loved us to bits. And, you know, it, it, it felt so good to be in God's plan and purpose. And I think that's it. I think if God says, go, he will equip you. He will give you the gifts to do it, and you won't miss out. It, it's, it's a great thing to serve. So anyone else uh, feeling the, the, the gift of being a cobra killer coming on? It's, uh, uh, it's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing, guys. It's great, isn't it, to hear about people's stories when, you know, God uses them through the giftings they're already aware of, but actually he also then supplies giftings that they never knew they had and, and when, as they stepped out to serve him in, in new ways that they had never really expected. And so as, as we finish this morning, you know, we're talking about being gifted to serve, but I don't, I don't want it to make you... Um, feel guilty um, and to feel like there's a pressure for you to do more because I know so many of you are giving and serving in so many different ways already. This morning what I want you to know is that you are valuable, that you are uniquely gifted and uniquely valuable and that you matter and you are important and significant within light and life, whether it be St. Austell, Liscard, Bodmin, you matter and you are valuable and gifted, that you have been placed in this place for a purpose and, and not to lose sight of that and um, that we, we love having you here. And um, it might be that you serve on a Sunday and people see you and people know that you serve and people appreciate you and people value you and that's great. And it might be though that you serve in the background through the week and nobody ever sees you and we want to say that we value what it is that you do. We value your prayers for one another. We value the support you give. As Brian shared, we value the lifts that you give to, to people and the way in which you help people and you serve people. You know, you're of great value within this body. You know, if you're, so if you're somebody who's already serving, I want to say thank you. Um, for what it is that you do, and um, uh, you're someone who's got hold of the family DNA. You, you know what it is in your heart is to say, I'm gifted to serve. That's what I'm here for, is to, to not to be served, but to, to serve. And I want to encourage you um, in that. But I also want to encourage you, though, to, um, to seek God for, for what new gifts he has for you and what new opportunities he has in store for you. It can be so easy sometimes to be comfortable and to settle and just to go through life. But actually, as we're faithful in the gifts that God has given us, he has more that he wants to, to give us. So I want to encourage you to be looking for those and to be asking God, how can I nurture and grow in and develop the gifts that God has given me and not just kind of stay at the same level? You know, Paul wrote to, to Timothy, do not neglect the spiritual gifts that you've received. 
Uh, so don't neglect the giftings that God has given you. And, and if this morning, though, you've felt the Holy Spirit has been at work prompting you and challenging you and convicting you that you need to step out and to start serving or you simply need to improve your serving, then um, I don't want to take away from that. So, um, you know, let the Holy Spirit do his work and, um, and just begin to ask yourself, well, what are the needs that I see around me? What are the needs that are in this church? What are the needs in my, my friends? What are the needs in this community? And, um, and how is it that I can meet them wherever that might be? And if you can't see any and you don't know of them, then come and talk to Mark or Bronwyn or Pete and Angie or myself or John because I'm sure we'll have some for you. So uh, there's no problem. There's plenty of needs to, to go around. And once you know what the need is, get stuck in. Don't hang back because the way that you will experience God's gifting of you, you will grow in it and you will discover new gifts is by stepping out and, um, and, and just getting um, stuck in with what it is that there is to do. So... Each one of you is valuable. You are uniquely gifted. And we want to see you discover what your gifts are. We want to see you grow in them. And we want to see you develop them. And each one of you is called to use your gifts to serve one another. So we are gifted to serve. Why don't we pray? And then I'm going to hand back to to John.